We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Mr. Daddario, it is mailbag time, my friend. There's some good ones. I've been kind of keeping my eye out. I'm excited about the mailbag here. So, from Rob Osgood says, how much playing time, mop-up time, do you think uh, Steve Angeli or Kenny Minchie is going to get this year? Hopefully a lot. I was going to say, hopefully a lot. I'm hoping that, because in the past, we just haven't seen a lot of backups get a lot of time for whatever reason, right? There was just a a hesitancy to take out the starter, right? I'm hoping there's a lot more opportunity this year for that to be the case. And I'm also hoping, and Brian and I have discussed this in the past, and and whether it's Steve or whether it's Kenny, it's going to be whoever the number two guy is. I I don't see them getting down to number three very often, uh, but it's definitely possible. Uh, but I would like them to get a series with the ones, you know, more often than not, not just, wholesale subs and he just goes in there and hands off like i right i, I want play. some quality backup time you know yes it's mop-up time agreed but give them a series with the ones or the one and a halves you know what i mean yeah. like the guys that are rotating in you know maybe maybe it's the freshman wide receivers because they're they're in the rotation awesome let them let them throw those guys let them actually throw the ball let them make some reads you know that kind of stuff i'm hoping that it's uh, a lot more than there has been in the past. I really do. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To answer that question, Vince, I feel like we have to ask and answer another question for me. 
So John Leahy asks, what do you think will be the biggest difference in Jared Parker offense with Sam Hartman compared to Tommy? Well, first of all, I don't know that Tommy Reese ever had a quarterback like Sam Hartman. So this isn't meant to be a Tommy sucks and Jared Parker's great conversation. I don't know what kind of quarterback or coach that Jared Parker's going to be. I don't know what Tommy Reese would have done with a Sam Hartman. I have no clue. Neither does anybody else. We don't know. So I'm just going to go off what I think is going to be the case this year and how it'll be different. So to me, I think the one thing that I'm confident in saying about Jared Parker is this is going to be a much more aggressive offense. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody in the chat earlier asking about, you know, do you think this team is you know going to throw the ball down the field or are they going to try to win by controlling the game? And, and I'm like, well, both. I mean, that's what we're talking about. It's the efficiency part of it. But why the heck would you bring in Sam Hartman if you weren't going to throw the ball down the field? Like that would just be right. a stupid move. Yeah, you know, it'd be like bringing in in a you know a, a, an athletic quarterback and saying we're not going to run the option, we're going to you know read option, we're just going to throw the ball, sit him in the pocket, and throw the ball all day. It'd be stupid, Vince. I mean, so why do that? Yeah. So to me, I think we're going to see a lot more aggressive offense. I think what that's going to lead to is in some of these games against not very good teams, I actually do think we're going to see Notre Dame blow them out. I think we're going to see Notre Dame really blow out this, the Tennessee States, the Central Michigans, and teams like that, where they're going to really try to get big early leads and let those kids then go get some work. The, now, that's what I think. I agree. You know? yeah. I agree. There, there's going to be there's going to be a different mentality. Uh, the 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 previous coaching staff had a and I, the previous head coach, however you want to say it, there, there was a a fear of not being liked. Uh, mm-hmm. around the coaching community. I think that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. And he, they, they, and because of that, there was no like, hey, we're going to take their will here. We're going to put, you know, we're going to put our foot on their throat. Whatever cliche you want to use to putting a team away when you should put them away never really happened uh, because there was just, it was like that that kid on the playground who just wants to be liked by everybody. Like, yeah. that's, that's, how, that's the way I saw it. This is Vince's opinion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that's how I felt it was. I don't think that's the case uh, currently at Notre Dame. We'll see. I hope not. I don't not. know how many opportunities yeah. he's had to do this. You know what I mean? And so let's see where we're at. But I hope that's not the case. I really hope Coach Freeman doesn't have that let's just grind games out mentality. I really oh. don't. Yeah. I really don't. I hope he understands in order to win in today's game, you got to be able to score. And also that, you know, like I had somebody say to me recently around the program who said, look, we've got to be a team that if we're capable of beating a team by 40, we got to beat that team by 40, right? Like that's who we need to be because you just can't turn that switch on and off. You can't just turn that switch on when you play the Buckeyes. Right. You just can't, right. you know, run power football and do all this and and be conservative and all this stuff in the regular season. And then, but hey, when we play the Buckeyes, though, don't worry, we're going to turn it up. No. If you're capable of beating Navy by 50, then darn it, beat Navy by 50. That's not running up the score. Right. Running up the score is you put in your backups and you ran like a throwback pass or you're throwing bombs and, you know, you're 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 going for it on fourth and two. And, you know, I mean, that's running the score up, Vince. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. It, but let those kids in. Run the offense. Let them throw the ball. Get them a couple shots. Throw them the quick game. Run in some RPOs. Do some things like that. Get it, Minchie, to, you know, let, let them get it out of pocket and throw a pass or two. And say, hey, look, when those guys are in the game, our job is to score. And we may be a little bit more methodical. We're not going to run tempo. We're going to run a four-minute offense, but we're going to run our offense. 
I hope that's what Coach Freeman allows him to do. But I also hope that Jared Parker has the mentality to say, hey, we're going to go at people. Yep. And if we can beat you by 50, we're going to, if we can score 70 on, you know, 70 on a team, then that's how I'm going to call a game until the head coach tells me to stop calling the game like that. <laughs> right. You know, and yes. Yes. And that's the mentality I want to see is to not just, hey, let's just go run the clock out. We're going to blow this team out. We're just going to run the ball and, and limit possession so that, you know, nothing bad happens or nobody gets hurt. No. Put, best way to not get your starters hurt is to be up 35, 42, nothing at halftime over Tennessee State and bench them for the entire second half. Not bench them, but rest them for the entire second right. half. Right. Yep. You know, if you're capable of being up on Central Michigan 31 to three at halftime, then be up on 31 3 and then let your. Excuse me. Let your younger players get some time right. in the second half. That's Easy. what I want to see. Yep. It's not that hard. Like, that's what I want to see. And you're going to get some blowback for it. That's okay. You're going to get blowback for no matter what you do, you're going to get blowback. Exactly. This, this is what I've learned. Somebody's going to criticize you for something no matter what you do. So just do you and right. worry about your team and don't give a rip about what ESPN says or Brian Driscoll Ugh. says or – Tim Priester says, or Vince D'Addario says, or Tim O'Malley says, or or CBS Sports says, or NBC says. Don't worry about all that. You right. go do you, because at the end of the day, if your team wins a championship, n- no one's going to give a rip what anybody said about your team. And then everybody's going to be praising you, right? right? Exactly. And that's, that's, that's the key. That's what I want to see. Stevie Wonder. Wow. Stevie's a big fan. All right, cool. What's the word on Tay Johnson? Kid must have improved his grades. Yeah, he has. So uh, we had we had a message. We had an update on the message board about this last week. This is a, again another reason why you need to be on the message board. So Notre Dame has kind of had an off again, on again relationship with Bronte Johnson in regard to just you know the be able the ability to get him into school and and those type of things. My understanding is is that Bronte is doing very well. He's doing all the things that, that are needed of him to be a, a target for Notre Dame. And, and, um, you know, spring semester grades are coming out for some schools, right? Vince. And yes, sir. even though, the, you know, you, even though some people are in finals or you're still wrapping up a lot of schools, you, you know what your grades are going to be. And so uh, Notre Dame is back on him again. They've always liked Bronte Vince. It's just, you know, how much can so you really, reality. you're not serving, get him in right. school, but, there's always been a desire and they've been working with him and, and, and this is what you need to do. And this is, if you want to be here, this is what you need to do. And from everything I under, I'm told, he's doing it. He's doing what it needs him to do. Awesome. And so he's going to be visiting next week. Look, Vince, it's one of those things we've said all along. If Notre Dame could get Bronte into school, I, I think they're always, they've always been the team to beat. I mean, that's just it's great. That's just a no brainer. So hopefully he's doing the work and they're able to get him to school and yeah, because he's a he, I mean he would he would solve so many of the problems that they have right now at safety yeah because the one thing about him too Vince is he is a he is a pure center fielder in my opinion is a safety and none of the other safeties on the board are yeah. a pure center fielder and um, that would be ideal but there's work mm-hmm. to be done but I, it would be ideal and I. And if it is true that he is back on the radar, I mean, how awesome for that young man. Absolutely. He said, screw this. I'm going to go somewhere else. But right. he, so this is where I want to be. Yep. Uh, I, I, you asked me to do this. I'm going to get the work done. Given a challenge, yeah. he stepped up to the plate. Like, love that's, it. That's massive. Love it. Yeah. Says a I lot about the kind, the kind of kid he is. It also says a lot about the backing he's getting at home. 
you know, because because making the kind of jump he needs to make is not a I'm doing it all by myself thing. It's there's a push right. coming. There's a support system there that's helping him get there and encouraging him. And Absolutely. I think that's great. That's Absolutely. great. Great. All right. Here's a here we go, Vince. All right. Michael Collins, are the players fully behind Hartman or is there some discussion in the locker room with dissension? Uh, I'm sorry. You're right. That says dissension. It'd be helpful if I could read dissension in the locker room. With Buckner's departure, thank you. I've heard nothing in regard to dissension in the locker room. The only people that talk about dissension in the locker room are fans. I, I, I Michael, this is a fair question. I mean, it's it's absolutely a fair is. question. But I've only ever heard it from people asking this kind of question, which is again not mad about Justin. Quite, it's a good question. I have not. Heard, I mean, I've heard that the players have adapted well. When we've reported on the message board, again, another reason to be on the message board. We reported midway through camp that that the players had adapted to Sam Hartman really well because he didn't come in, I'm 19 all-time in passing yards, and I'm 18th all-time in passing touchdowns, and I'm the all-time touchdown leader in ACC, and I'm the man, and I did this, and I'm this, and I'm that, and this is my job. He came in, kept his mouth shut, head down, put in the work, was a good teammate, was one of the guys. And the players have really come to respect him. It was it was a lot like last year. The players respected and would have played for Tyler, and they were respected and would have played for Sam. Just like last year, they they respected Tyler and played for Tyler, and they respected Sam. I mean Drew and played for Drew. Same thing this year. It's just it, it, look, guys. If, if as long as you're not a complete a hole, if you come in and put in the work and 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 you know, try to develop relationships with the players because Sam could have come in like, hey, look, man, I'm just here to, to win a championship and I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do whatever. Then um, then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be successful if you produce. And that's the big thing is he produced. Thoughts on that, Vince? Oh, I completely agree. I, okay. I, you're, you have contacts a little closer to the situation than I generally do, but I have not heard a single thing. I haven't heard about dissension in the locker room for years. Uh, yeah. To be honest with you, and 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 it's been there in the past. Uh, there were some dissension in the locker room last year, but you're talking about a quarterback. We're talking about a quarterback. quarterback because of quarterback. The one yes. I remember from quarterback was a little ways back, sixteen. Uh, right. Yes, correct. Right. So there's a little bit in eighteen. A okay. little bit in eighteen. Well, because there was a starter, I, and then there was a different starter. Because of the yeah. way it was done. Yeah. Not so much yeah. that they didn't support Ian, but just the way that it was done. But they rallied right. quickly. But they respected Ian, so that's why they were able to rally and immediately start winning a bunch of football. Well, went playing better football on offense. Right. I think that's a, a big part of it. So, yeah, I, I think the culture in that locker room is, is good right now. So, Rob Osgood. Next year is going to be the question year. With Sam Hartman gone, you will have no true experienced quarterback on the depth chart if Sam doesn't get hurt this year. How do you plan for that this year if you can? We kind of talked about it earlier, Vince. Get those kids opportunities to play. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's just trying to play. But at the end of the day, you can play them literally in the fourth quarter of every game this year, Vince. And it's, it's not, not going to be the same as being a starter. <laughs> play Texas A&M in 2024. Right. It's just, it's just not. To a degree, folks, it's it's the town around you. And do you have the chops? I mean, are you just that guy? Bryce Young had zero real experience, and he leads them to a you know, national title game in his first year, right? I mean, yeah. it's just C.J. Stroud throws zero com- passes as a freshman and comes out the next year and lights the world on fire. I mean, just some guys have it, some guys don't. And what we'll find out, Vince, is if Steve Angeli and Steve M- and Kenny Minchie have it or if K- C.J. Carr has right. it as a freshman. 
So it's really just about developing them, them as players and people every day, getting them better about going through the reads, getting them better about going. I mean, it's just coach them up and and make sure that every day you're doing the best you can to make them the best players they can be. Um, <laughs> I just read your text. So uh, that's the big thing, Vince, is just coach these kids up every day because at the end of the day, that experience is only going to do so much for you. It's are you getting that developmental coaching every day? And one of the big complaints we had about court coaches in the past is the coaches, this was a big complaint I had about Del Alexander. Once the season started, he stopped coaching the young kid, young kids. Right. If if Gino Gadouli only focuses on Sam Hartman this year, then the quarterback play is going to be a problem in 2024. But if Gino Gadouli coaches the entire depth chart, and this is something we used to praise Mike Elson for all the time, he right. coached the entire depth chart. So then they'd lose guys, and then the next guys will just step right, right in, in, and they're ready to play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's something we 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 always with Harry Heastan we always would see. What was one of the things Charles Jagasaw talked to Sean Davis about and praised about? He's like, look, this dude coaches the second team as much and as hard as he coaches the first team, which is why you'd see Notre Dame with Heastan just year after year, some new guy emerges as, a, as that next guy. Right. And that's what good coaches do. And and I, I believe Coach Goduli will do that. But here's the thing. We don't know. I mean, he literally we in can all one year of his <laughs> career at Cincinnati coached one guy. So yeah. we really don't know his ability to do that, but I have to feel like that's something that he seems like a smart guy to me. He's got to know that that's something that's going to be important for him. And so I would think that that's going to be a focal point of what he's doing this year. That's just my two cents, Vince. Yeah. The roster management is going to be interesting. You know, depending on how things look this year, how things look next year, do they hit the portal again? It's like, you hate to see Notre Dame keeping, keep going back to the portal. For quarterback, but with the way things have shaken, they lost two quarterbacks last year. Yeah, you know, or this past year, you got to do something to plug that hole. So yeah. they're gonna have to go to the portal next year, Vince. I agree. think the question is going to be: Are you going to the portal for a depth piece, or are you, or are you going to the portal, to the portal for, for another starter? Yeah, right, right. That's yeah. going to be the question. Yep, I agree. And a lot of that's going to have to do with the development of those two that's other right. guys and what they're seeing at practice all that's year right. long. That's right. Ben Tarnowski has a question. Where do you think Clemson will be this year in the national conversation with the addition of Garrett Riley and Klubnik, Klubnik, I've heard it both ways, being the starter? Do they have more holes than just OC QB play? Every team has more than just one hole at this point in time of the season. Everybody. I think Clemson has a couple. I still don't love their defensive coordinator. I don't think he's all that great, to be honest with you. I didn't think they were good, really good on defense last year, Vince. I didn't feel like they maximized the talent they had on defense last year. I, I think their secondary is getting better, but it's still a question mark, especially safety. I think that their defensive line is is. I'm curious how they're going to replace Brian Bercy and and Miles Murphy. Offensively, I I think that they are very good at running back. I think Cade Klubnik right. and Garrett Riley will be a good combination. I think their offensive line, this is probably going to be one of the better offensive lines Clemson has had because they haven't had great offensive lines. They've just been steady, do their job. There's some talent there to work with. My other big question for them, um, uh, I, I don't think quarterback and QB OC are a, a hole for them right now. I think, I, but I think Ben's referring to what it was last year. I don't think that's a hole anymore. I still have question marks about their skill players on the perimeter. There's talent there. The Williams kid was pretty good last year as a freshman. I really like Adam Randall as a young, talented kid, but he was banged up last year. 
I got a couple freshmen coming in that I like. But overall, you've got the kid, uh, what was his name? There was a really fast kid that they had last year that got hurt. Um, let me find her. I think he was a freshman um, last season. And I'm for the life of me, I cannot remember the kid's name. I think his first name was Troy. But just give me a second to try to find it, Vince. But he was a freshman last year. He got hurt. And um, no, it wasn't Troy. Oh, that's Wake Forest. I'm trying to find uh, – give me Clemson. Just give me one second. I was going to say, this is, this is it, where – I think it's, uh, I think it's Stiletto. This is where Ryan not sitting in this seat doesn't help you any. No, I don't think he would have. I don't. He might. <laughs> Troy Stilato, the kid who was a freshman last year, got hurt. He's a talented kid that I like. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think can can bring some value to that receiving core. He's got some speed. So there's some young talent there, Vince. But it's it's a lot like Notre Dame's. It's unproven talent, and yeah, and I wonder how they're going to fit into the new system. So that's a question mark, just like it is for Notre Dame. Their receiving core is is very much a you know I don't know if I like their talent as much as I like Notre Dame's, but it's close. They have good talent there. It's just how it's not. Yeah, it's it's good talent. It's just can they step up into the spotlight, which is as I said a very, a very similar concern that I have for Notre Dame this season. So yeah, it's a very good question, Ben. Very good question. Tommy Guns, Crocs and Glocks. What kind of growth and development, if any, can Hartman have that can be directly attributed to Gino and Parker? Well, we kind of discussed this earlier, Vince, in the yeah. question you asked me during the show, which is just the me- mechanical stuff. I mean, one of the yep. big knocks on Hartman is he plays in a gimmicky offense. So if he can show that, hey, I can drop back, I can sit in the pocket, I can be a normal college quarterback mechanically and scheme-wise, then I think that helps him a ton. And I think that's something that could obviously be directly attributed to Coach Parker and Coach Godoli. Yes, absolutely. Because there, I mean, he's coming to Notre Dame to learn how to to run a pro style offense. Period. And if he ends up running it at a high level, you have to attribute that to the coaches. Right. Right. Jimmy James, do you expect a portal quarterback for this season? And would you want one? No, I'm not sure if he's referring to another quarterback for 23 or he's looking at 24. So. Someone answer both. Okay. Uh, for 23, I would say, Vince, I'm I'm intrigued by the idea of bringing in a portal quarterback to protect you if Sam Hartman goes yes. down Bingo. because it's going to help you win games. But at the same time, there is a notion of, you have to do what you got to do to win this year, but you also can't sacrifice next year for that. So 23 is a much tougher question than 24. I would, if they brought in a portal quarterback Vince for depth, I would not be upset with them, but I also am like, but you're also guaranteeing that you're going to have to go back to the portal now next year, because you're going to take those reps away from those kids and they're not going to be ready. That's the only concern that I have. I agree with you completely. And, there, there would have to be a very specific boxes that would have to be checked for them to bring in one for this year for me. It would have to be somebody mm-hmm. with two years of eligibility remaining, okay? Probably a grad transfer, if you're talking like an Ivy League person or something along those lines. Uh, you know, you bring him in, he's a depth piece, he protects you for this year. You mm-hmm. can say, hey, you know, your pitch would be, hey, you know, Sam Hartman's our starter for this year. We're, we're bringing you in basically to be the number two. You're going to hold a clipboard this year. You're going to help teach these younger guys. You're going to, you know, be that guy, right? And if worst case scenario, you got to go in. We trust you 
to run this offense, okay? You've got another year of eligibility after this year. We're going to give you an opportunity to compete for the starting position, right? Again, that is a very specific set of criteria for me to bring in somebody for this year. If you can find somebody that hits all of that, I think you go for it. I really do. But does that guy exist? That's that's the bigger question. I don't know yeah. the answer to that. I probably not is the answer. Yeah, but That's the only way I'm bringing in somebody for this year. For next year, Vince, it gets down to they are going to bring in a portal quarterback next year. I have Agreed. no doubt about that. The only question is what kind of portal quarterback? Is it going to be exactly what you were just talking about for next year? Depth guy, veteran presence, you know, someone to help bring him along, knowing he's probably not going to be the starter, you know? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be the next year's version of Sam Hartman? The reason you got to be really careful doing things that force you to go get a starter in the portal next year is you have no clue who the who is going to be out in the portal next year. None. Absolutely. And and so, you know, you may think, hey, we're going to go to the portal for a quarterback. And you have this plan in your Florida, and it ends up with you getting Graham Mertz. And it's like, uh, no. Or Wisconsin getting Tanner Mordecai. <laughs> uh, no. no. <laughs> right? Like, that's right. just – that's not going to win you a championship in 24. Right. Those are gap – I mean, they're they're – bridges to the next guy i'd say just then just freaking play the next guy let him learn you know what i mean but that's going to be that's going to be the the question about who it's going to be is is that and hopefully they don't need to go to the portal but for depth next year because steve and kenny have great years this year and they develop quickly and they're ready to go and cj just is like dude that guy's gonna play yeah, I think CJ Carr is going to be a factor in that conversation too. Because if you're like, okay, his senior year was such that like we think this kid's ready to play, right? He's ready to now, compete with the other guys that are already here. If it's going to be a depth guy, it could end up being a depth guy that they go get after spring. That way, sure. he doesn't take away reps from the younger guys in the spring. So that also adds to the conversation as well. But I have a hard time seeing them not bringing in yeah. a portal guy in the winter. I agree. Just, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough not to do that. Josh Buffalo, the motivational business banker. What two players are currently committed elsewhere that Notre Dame is st- still has a real chance at closing? What may be some players that may be in this category soon? You know, I don't know that Notre Dame right now, Josh, is focused a lot on guys committed elsewhere other than Caleb Beasley. And that one's going to be a. I mean, that he's their best chance, no question. But that's still even then is going to be a tough pull. I, I think ultimately, I think they're going to flip him. But I think if you were to ask him today, he'd say that dude's nuts for saying that. Like I'm not flipping because if he was ready, if he was going to flip, he would have already he'd flipped do it. by now. Yeah, right? I mean, it. he clearly still plans to go to Tennessee. I just think things are going to transpire that and you're going to allow Notre Dame to win that one in the end. That's just my prediction. And that's not anything anyone at Notre Dame – no one at Notre Dame is telling me that. That's just, just my impression. I don't know that right now they they need to focus on guys committed elsewhere. They're, it's, hey, you got to really – here's the thing about this 24 class, Vince. The uncommitted players on the board are enough for this to be an elite class. I don't know that you necessarily need to – like 
get Justin Scott, get Elijah Rushing, get Kingston Viliyama Asa or Chris Cole, flip Caleb Beasley, sure, but get Bronte Johnson, get a Dwan Lane or a Davis Andrews or a or a Jalen McClain at safety. You know, get Kedron Young at running back, get Gearby Lambert and Styles Prescott on the offensive line, get Carter Nelson at tight end, and guess what? You don't need to flip anybody. Yeah. The question is, but can you get all those guys? If you have misses, then you might try to flip somebody. Right now, they don't need to try to flip anybody. Land the guys that are on the board now. Do that, and this class is going to be outstanding. Don't do that, and then we're going to have some problems. So, Vince, this is one of our resident LSU fans. Insured by Big. Okay. All right. LSU in the house. Okay. No question from me today, but I'm glad to see Vince and Brian together. Always great content. Thank you very much. Wanted to show Vince my Southern hospitality. Go Tigers. God bless you. I had to read that because it's there. But, uh, you know. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. You do it better than I do. So every time you see the words go Tigers like that, you need to say it like that. I can say it that way? You have to. Yes. I love it. It's now. I'm going to. Vince, I'm going to send you a new contract later today. And I'm going (laughs) to add this addendum to the bottom of the contract. I love it. Okay. I love this it. This is the only change I'm going to make. And if, if you ever see Go part. Tigers written like that, like to where it's not like an, a Clemson fan, but it's an right. LSU guy that writes it G-E-A-U-X, you got to say it like, <laughs> like Coach O. Go Tigers. There you go. Go Tigers. There you go. It's love mandatory. It. Well, thank, you the, thank you for the compliment insured by Big, and uh, glad to have you around. Yes, I always love absolutely. a level-headed LSU fan. I will take well, that and, all and, you know, we like Roger Dodgers in the chat. He's a he's a USC fan, right? He, he really in, in, in adds good conversation. Antoine Johnson's a Michigan fan. He does a great job in the chat. Archer, obviously from Archer. Ohio State. So we really do have some fans of other teams that come in here and, and awesome. are really. Re- we haven't seen him in a while, but Frank McCatry is a guy that had been in our chat for a while. Who's an LSU fan? I haven't seen Frank in a while. Okay, but uh, he he was a guy that I me mean, had an LSU shirt on in his fo- profile and everything, man. So um, all out, all out for yeah. the Bayou. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And um, Jay Henry asking about Williams, Antonio Williams. Yeah, that's what I'm referring to because EJ Williams is the kid they got a couple years ago, but he's he has since transferred. He's not there anymore. So yeah, let's get up here, Vince, to Rob Osgood. All right, Rob says saw on the IB board. Great info about the new running back transfer, Devin Ford. Can you give some more details about him? Thanks. Well, you know he's a quality back if healthy. You know he's a guy that um, he has a game very similar to Chris Tyree, with two exceptions. He's not as fast as Chris, and he has better balance than Chris. Uh, he's not as dynamic as Chris was, but when I when I refer to it, similar body type Vince. Okay. But also a guy that will do a lot of the stuff that you wanted Chris to do as a running back. He's a slasher. He's a guy that can hit an inside zone for big play, can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got some elusiveness to his game. I wouldn't call him like a super shifty guy, but he can bounce a ball outside. He can he can get to the perimeter. Okay. You know, he can do some of those things. I just I, I think he's a guy that that isn't a real big back. And so he's not a guy that is necessarily in, in every down back. Okay. He's not, like I said, not as fast as Chris Tyree is. He's more quick than he is fast. But he brings some slasher to the table that if Jadarian Price isn't healthy, he can give you some of the concepts that Jadarian would have given you or Chris Tyree would have given you. 
I think adding him helps the running back depth chart, but it it, re- it helps the receiving depth chart as well because you are an injury away from having to move Chris Tyree back to wide right. receiver. Sure. And I Absolutely. think what this does is this helps you ensure that you can keep Chris Tyree at receiver, which, you know, you don't rob from Peter to pay Paul. So they already had to do that one direction. You don't then right. because do you are, do it back because now you've really screwed the kid. Yeah, right. So you made the move, let the kid play there and, and go with it. So he's a good back. He can be a good number two back. You know, average five yards a carry, you know, give you three, 400 yards in the number two role if the need is there. Uh, okay. So it's a really good insurance policy. Uh, last year, he did not get hurt last year. He um, just chose to redshirt last year. He did get banged up hmm. in 2020, a little bit in 2021. So none of the, I don't believe, and again, I could do a little, I'm, I do some more research on this. I don't believe any of his injuries were like, um, career threatening like he missed about a month and change in 2021 but came back at the end of the year and got a few carries he missed the end of the 2020 season uh with an injury but again came back the next year He, he he's never been the same player since that 2020 injury though so i wonder if that sapped him a little bit of his elusiveness elusiveness and explosiveness but the other part of it too is Penn State recruited some really good running backs the last couple of years, too. Like he got and recruited over, that's, is what you're saying. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little I mean, bit. From a Notre Dame standpoint, they had a couple of extra scholarships available. I mean, to me, this this feels like a high-reward, low-risk yeah. scenario for Notre Dame. You know what I mean? Very like, much so. You need it, five it, backs, Vince, and they right. have four. Exactly. And and you like you said, they were one move away from having to bring Chris Tyree back, and you don't want to have to do that. So. Mm-hmm they were in a position where they could make this move. And yeah. I think this kid's a good fit because he's not coming in here expecting to be the bell cow. He's, I think he's coming in here with a level head about what this running back room looks like. You've got a couple guys coming off injury and you don't know, and you got true freshman. I mean, you, there's a lot of things going on in the, in the running back room where there's a lot of talent, but there's still some question marks. I think bringing him in is, is a smart move on Notre Dame's part. I, I got to respond to something, Vince. There, there, uh, chat. Per, Bernie, Bernie Codera, Caderi, a uh, great member, a very excited, big Notre Dame fan. But I, I just got to push back on a couple things. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Ber, Bernie said um, this, made this comment, and I just, I. Uh, so Sam Hartman has way more weapons than C.J. Stroud. Irish are going to roll. And then I asked if Bernie was joking or not and said, not joking. Irish are loaded at receiver loaded just a matter of time before the world wakes up to the new reality. Uh, Bernie, with all due respect, um, Notre Dame has a lot of talent at receiver and nobody's talked about that more than this channel has, but they are not as good at wide receivers. Ohio state is right. It just, just they're just not. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. Marvin Harrison's the best receiver in college football, in my opinion. Uh, I just um, I'm sorry. I just uh, I can't go with you there. And then uh, Bernie said Tony Rice went 23 and one and wasn't a very good quarterback. And the receivers in the 1988 and 89 team were kind of weak and dropped a ton of balls. So receiving core with Rocket Ismail and Ricky Waters was weak and dropped a ton of balls and Tony Rice wasn't a very good quarterback. I just um I don't really know what to say to that, Vince. 
Wow. That's coming from a Notre Dame fan. I hadn't seen that comment. I saw the other two. I uh, I had not seen that one. I don't really know how to say what to say to that. I mean, that's just – I just have to agree to disagree very strongly with that. And I I just – I have to imagine people in the chat are disagreeing with that as well. I haven't seen really anybody respond to it that much, but oh, Ohio State right. has a much better receiving core than Notre Dame. So that doesn't mean Notre Dame's receiving core can't be excellent. I expect it to be very good this year. I do too. But you also have to be realistic because yes. if their receiving core is better than Ohio State's and Notre Dame doesn't go 12-0 and this year, then you need to say Marcus Freeman's a bad football coach because if Notre Dame's receiving core um, – is as as good as everyone thinks that it that is as good as you say, then this Notre Dame team should score 45 points a game and lose to no one. No one. Agreed. And um yeah, I just uh I can't I can't go there with you on that one. I can't. 